Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. 
one of the girls I work with, she's got to make a uh, she's got to make a costume for her daughter, and uh, it uh, can't buy it because it's three hundred dollars. Oh fuck that. Yeah, that's what, what I said. It's $300. So she's making it by hand. Yeah, she's making a look. The whole part would be the horns if she did the horn part. Yeah, she's doing it all. That's cool. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I will give you a hint. Only so when when I finally get it done, I can send you pictures of it and you can put it wherever you want. But it is one of the most iconic sci-fi characters there is. There's like Doctor seven Who. movies. No, my boy knows nothing of Doctor Who. Captain Kirk. There's like seven movies, probably five video games of it. Five video games. Seven movies. Huh? Okay, so I'm trying to figure yeah, I can't out. Give any more hints than that. If I give you any more hints than that, I'll give it away. Well. And it's sci-fi. I, I am. Uh-huh. Okay, so what about the, so what happened with Craig? Oh, he is going to call in about 10 minutes. I told him to let us get started. He was still game. Uh, didn't know if we needed to go over anything or bullshit about something beforehand. Uh, I think he gets home right around 9.30, so that kind of gave him time to get cleaned up from work and do what he had to do. So I just told him to call about 10.15. So he should be calling in soon. All right, on. So... I'm just going to jump into this part. I'm going to go all history geek on us. Um, Have you been paying attention to the fact of what they've been trying to do with the Titanic? Uh, No, I actually have have not. What are they trying to do? So there is a historic company out of, I want to say Virginia, that uh, they do all sorts of things in retrospect in of rest, restoration uh, artifacts all sorts of stuff for the Titanic um, I believe they've gotten a few things out already but I don't hold me to that one but the problem is that they're facing right now is that the Titanic is in international waters Right, and the site that went down at is actually claimed as a memorial site, I believe, by Britain. Um, but uh-huh. they are trying to pull up the radio. They want to pull up the radio that the Titanic sent out their SOS signal on, and the reasoning for this is because even though that they were they were relatively new, they were on. I believe quite a few ships at the time. They uh-huh. were the first ship to actually send out the SOS, the SOS signal on that type of radio. And they're wanting to, to go down, and it has to be an unmanned ship. It's 
too far down, too cold, too much pressure. Uh, yeah. And probably cut into, I would presume, the captain's quarters to pull this out. Now, Britain and some other places, I think Britain is the main one, are fighting this because they're worried about uh, disturbing any bodies that might be left. Problem is, after 108 years, let alone in that area, there's probably not any remains left. Really? Well, you got to realize that deep, anything that had meat on it, not, not to sound harsh okay. as I said. Okay. If you would go ahead and talk about this for a little bit, I gotta step away for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the thing is, is uh, anything with meat on it at this point is going to probably be picked clean by any fish that are down that low because they don't have a lot to eat off of anyways at that point because there's not a lot of food for them at that point. You're looking at uh, the other thing you're fighting is through the main cabins that have been opened and destroyed. Uh, that heavy flow of water makes the deterioration happen faster because you have shifting of uh, the heavy salt that are in there. The salt would deteriorate the bones because you presume there's not any meat left on them definitely because they've been picked clean. And at this point, those bones would be destroyed. I mean, there's no remains. Now, in the memorial part, I completely understand what they're saying as a memorial site, but if they're worried about disturbing anybody, it it's just not going to happen. The only places that might even have a chance of having any type of remains left in them is any of the personal cabins. Pardon me, because the personal cabins were in certain areas that were enclosed. They were smaller, and they presume, uh, and I say they by historians, that uh, they they were just some people because I think. 1,500 people died on that ship. It sank. Uh, somewhere around seven or 725 survived, but you know that some of them probably, and again, historians said, uh, not my words, probably ran back to those quarters just going, I don't have a chance. And I would presume doors shut, water still come in, even if they didn't, or somehow if it was watertight, you know, the pressure would have killed them by the time they went down the thing is, is those might be the only places that might have some remains left now not knowing windows no windows uh, pressure could have destroyed that pressure might have crushed some but there's no telling but their big fight is you know the remains that they may run into and I just think they're just digging too deep on the remains part because I don't think they're going to find it they, uh, they're just struggling to reach certain points that they're not really going to get to. And I, I think some people have argued that there's plenty of other versions of that that aren't in those ships and that they should be able to use those, which that makes sense. But the idea of pulling up this and they don't have much longer. I mean, you give it another, because you're looking at 180 years. You give it another 10 to 15 years, there's going to be nothing left of that radio at this point. And, and they may not get nothing out of it now, but there's hope because it's just over 100 years. 
as long as the salt didn't destroy it. But I think they should let them go get it. I think you should be able to pull that out for the historic fact of it and go, this is the one that was in the Titanic, whatever museum they're going to put in, even this was the one that sent that SOS signal. Yes, it was the first SOS signal sent from this type of radio from the Titanic. I think they should let them pull it out. I think it would make a huge difference. Um, I think for the historic fact of it, it should be done. But there are so many people. It's going pretty far enough that they may – this is going – I'm probably going to use the wrong words as I say this, going in front of a judge in America, even though it's on international waters, of whether they can or cannot do this. And at this point, I'm going, I really think it should be done because I think for the historic fact it should be done. I mean, that's just my opinion. Now, will they? I don't know. I mean, how crazy would it be if this went all the way to the Supreme Court to say yay or nay if they can or can't pull a radio from it? And I think part of it is they're worried about is they're going to have to cut into the boat to do it because there's no other way to get into where it is with the equipment they have. So I know they're going to fight with that a little bit. And that's that's one of the things they're worried about. And then from there, it's just a matter of what the judges say and how much the other the other country, which I presume is Europe, if I remember right, somewhere in Europe, I, I presume it's probably Great Britain, but uh, that Whoa. it's just going to disturb stuff. And I I think they should let them get it. I think it would be amazing to be able to pull that out and for people to be able to see that radio in person. Not a replica, not another one from that time frame. I say that one, and I think I think for the historical fact of it, I think it's a great idea. To see the actual radio itself. Sorry, I had to go with the dog out. No, 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 you're fine. And, and, and I don't know if you heard it. You may, you may not have. A lot of them are fighting the the idea of how much of it will be straight remain, and the places unless it's unless it's in a, a spot that just was shut down completely, there's any remains left in that boat. I think they're they're pushing a little hard for that, but this is actually going to court in America. For real. Don't that's going to go to the international waters. I know that's a memorial site. I want to say Great Britain. Don't hold me to that. Um, but I believe for Great Britain. So the thing is, is, is it, if it goes through, says yes, in America, what's this, how does that hold up against the them? Because certain things in international waters are open for government, and then some of them are only used to certain governments. And, and I, I use those terms lightly because I don't know all the books. Well, from the way I understood, and things may have changed. Oh, I think that is, I think things have changed. Um, 
I'm going to grab him really quick. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, go he's for here. it. Um, I'll, I'll bring him in here. Hold on. Okay. Did he? Hello? Hello, Hello Mr. McGee. Oh, how are you guys doing? We are doing splendid. Uh, hey, everybody, for those listening and getting ready to tune in later, this is Mr. Craig McGee. He is uh, one of my partners in crime in the comedy shows I do. He is also a uh, a horror flick guru. Notice I use the phrase guru with my fingers in the air because sometimes I go bullshit on it. But that's just <laughs> That's okay. The video uh, later. That's okay. A lot of people Craig, describe me with they're doing hand quotes in the air. So I understand. So it's just no different than any other time. But Craig, we're going to jump you right in and catch you up on what we're talking about. We're sitting here talking about, and I don't know if you've heard about this, they're actually talking about trying to pull up the radio from the Titanic that sent out the SOS signal. The reason they're wanting to pull that out is because it was very new for that time frame. It was actually the first radio that sent out an SOS signal of those radios. So the big fight right now is, one, um, Great Britain. Again, I'm not sure if it's Britain, but it is a European country. I believe it's Great Britain. Um, well, it would, actually would be Great Britain. As, yeah, has marked that as a memorial site. Second of all, the big fight is, uh, they're worried about finding human remains and disturbing those remains. What do you oh. think on that? Do you think they should do uh, it? Who's wanting to dig it up? Um, there is a company out of Virginia who specializes in Titanic everything. Uh, they wow. have a museum. I don't know their exact name off the top of my head. Uh, I can look it up in a little bit. Um, but this is their thing. They've been doing it for, I want to say, close to 20 years this is actually going to court in America because this is so big. There are so many people fighting this. And, wow. and on one side, you've got, well, you've got two different sets of scientists. One saying that there's no remains left because of the salt. If there's a heavy amount of movement, the flow will affect that. And, of course, we all know there's not a lot of life down there. So if there was any at that point, it, the bones, not to sound horrific as I say this, the bones were probably picked apart as it happened. And it's soon after. Oh, yeah. So those, what was left of those bones is definitely deteriorating. Then there's another company, a scientific group, I should say, that say, no, there is a chance of this, there being uh, remains down there. And the thing is, is when you are diving for any type of artifact, when you're looking for boats, any through boats, wreckage, anything, as soon as you find a body, you have to stop and you have to start making phone calls about where you're at, details, countries, and all the other things going on. So the problem is oh, yeah. you've got two different sciences, science, sets of scientists saying two different things. What do you think about them actually, besides the science part of it, we can get that in a minute, what do you think about them actually pulling that radio instead of getting one of the other ones from that era? You know, honestly, I think they made it into a memorial site, right? Yeah, I Honestly, I say leave it alone. You know, let leave it the, alone? Let it, yeah, let them rest or whatever they do, you know. Just, you don't want to go messing well, with bodies. Like, and plus, if, if, it's, if it's considered a memorial site, it should stay a memorial site. I mean, it, wasn't the Titanic a joint venture between America and England? No. 
That I don't even know. No, 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 it was not. No, it was not. It was uh it was supposed it was its maiden voyage was going to uh was going to go to New York. Um Right, okay. When it hit when it hit that iceberg. Um Okay, so it was all it was, British. Yeah, it, it, it left right. from South Southampton, England to go to New York. It was nicknamed the Millionaire Special. Right. Um, the wreckage is in two pieces, about 400 nautical miles off of Newfoundland, and it's 13,000 okay. feet down. And see, I knew no, it was I'm, pretty I, deep. I knew it was over two. I actually thought it was closer to four, but I was definitely wrong on that one. Well, and see, I remember, oh, God, I was just a kid. I was probably still in grade school. Clive Kessler, I believe it was, you know, was writing. Oh, that's right. That you were alive when that went down. I forgot. Yeah. You are that old. I still have yep, the diamond necklace, babe. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, but no, I, and I remember the, the whole Race of Titanic uh, book and movie and, and whatnot, which, you know, it was a cool concept at the time, and if it could actually be done, but, of course, it's in two pieces. And I think they were just like, oh, and you know. I but thought I heard I, they tried to raise it once and it failed. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, it was. It hasn't been too long that we've even had the, the technology or the, the smarts to build something to withstand the pressure to go down that far, right? It was found uh, in '85. It was down yeah, that ways. Had, yeah. yeah, but we were able to get down that deep, uh, unmanned. Then also. Uh, Actually, in the late seventies, but it wasn't found until eighty-five. <laughs> oh, okay. I just remember James Cameron doing a big thing about that back then when he was obsessed with it after his movie came out. But yeah, if, right. What do, what do the Brits say? Are they the ones who declared the area a memorial site? Yes, they are, and and there's just a lot of people going. It shouldn't be messed with. And it should be left alone. And in the memorial, memorial fact, I understand that. But as yeah. I don't know, and I think in the economy, mean, because we have so many, we have so many abilities to save things. We only have about ten years left before we can not probably get that radio because it, it's between pressure and the high amounts of salinity from being down that deep. Well, I think they it, should go get it. I mean, it's last. Uh, they know it's still intact. That it survived like ninety some years. Yeah, I don't have an idea on that. I'm assuming they do because of other ones they have found. I don't know the details on that one, but they're presuming that it will last over a hundred years. Well, That's why they're no. pushing the fact now. Well, here's the whole thing. I'm I'm looking at this right now. They uh they discovered that it's that when they when they discovered it in '85 that it was lying upright in two pieces. The bow was clearly recognizable, but the stern section was severely damaged, and covering the wreckage was rust-colored uh, stalactite-like formations. And the scientists later determined that the the, the rusticles, as they were named were created by iron-eating micronisms, micronisms hmm. which are consuming the wreckage. Hmm. 
which is consuming the wreck. And then by last year, which is 2019, there was a shocking level of degradation, whatever, you know, deterioration, pardon me. Probably dextro-oxidation. Yeah, well, that's not what it's saying, though, but I'm sure that's what it means. <clears throat> a number of notable features, such as the captain's bathtub, was was art was is gone. So it's yeah. not going to be there for too much longer. No. Well, and and I'm big on yes, it's a memorial site, but nobody can go down and look at it. It's not like you can no. swim down and go, hey, look, there's the ship, the broken half, because it struck an ice cube. No, you can you can float over it and go, hey, everybody down there. That was kind of harsh, sorry. But it's the idea of, I think if you can pull artifacts from it, do it, okay? I really well, think. I um, if you can that you way, I mean, it's, it's no different than, I guess it's really no different than any other kind of archaeology. This is just underwater instead of under the sand. Right. Or in a jungle right. somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I you guess know, you put it that way. I, I can see that point of it. Because, well, and some well, people like me, what about fossilization? It's like, if anything's fossilized, it would have had to get into the soot underneath the sand, which, mm-hmm. yes, could have happened because with the weight of that boat as it crushed into the bottom down, you're looking at sinking, you know, two plus, two and a half plus miles. Yes, I'm sure a lot of that soot came up over the time with the rise of low tides, the shifting of the water, the current. I'm sure but that goes also, up even more. But you also got to realize that's salt water, and that's going to be highly highly corrosive anyway to anything down there. And, and what but they're saying here... Any of those bones are... Hey, hold on just a sec. Any of those bones under that, unless there's something eating them from underneath, will fossilize because it's, it's protected in that soot. It's the same concept as a, when you pick up a rock on the ground, whether it be sandstone or whatever, and there's a fossil in it, it had to sit in the dirt of some sort or on top of that rock as the formation and the process happens. So if it's under that dirt, which they're not digging in that, they're not even looking at that right now. They're looking at opening the top of, which I would presume is maybe not the captain's quarters, but probably where the... Uh, the radio room. I don't know what... The radio room or probably, what do they call it, the bow where the steering wheel is. Um, it would, yes, the bridge. Thank you. Would well, probably but, be in but, one of those rooms. No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be at the bridge because back then the radio room was separate from the bridge on almost every uh, ship. Okay. I did not know that, it, but I yeah, didn't yeah, they did. I think because radio, because 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 uh, you know the Marconi with as they called them the Marconi radios, but the radios they put a special room, um, like a couple of levels down. From away from the bridge, so the radio guy was, you know, he was a couple of levels away from the bridge, and he would always have to take the, you know, because a lot of the, it was a Morse code, and so he would get the message, take it up to the bridge or the captain if it was something coming for something like that, um, and that's how they did that. And they, I mean, they even did that in the military ships too. It was never on the bridge. And see, I did not know that. I would just assume it was right there beside (laughs) it. 
Well, it was still a new because it was a it was still a new uh, it was still a new a new uh, a new technology. Yeah, good point. So they didn't you know they didn't have space for it, so they just made space for it. Um, the whole Titanic thing, and as far as what you were saying earlier, um, they did take stuff from the wreckage. Um, there was there was small artifacts. Marine over the years, marine salvagers raised small artifacts from the wreckage and pieces of the ship itself, including a large section of the hole. An examination of these parts, you know, as well as the paperwork, led to speculation on how it was or steel that was used. But the problem that they're having is, like with this whole radio thing, mm-hmm. uh-huh. with it being in international water, no, it's it's out of any country's jurisdiction. So even if they do a court case here about getting it, no federal court here. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter because it's in international water, and it's not governed so by any country. Goes, what if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court? That's that's my they next can't question. Do nothing. If they can't do nothing, they can't be they doing can't. nothing. Then what they are can't. they fighting it for in court in America? Then because they're trying that's to stop that. Cup. They're, they're trying to stop. Well, the reason why they're fighting it in America is because that company is an American-based company, and they're trying to stop them from actually going out and doing it. If 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 a, a U.S. court rules and says no, you can't go out there and do this, then they actually can't go out and do it. But if they wanted to be facetious and just go out there and do it, there's nobody really stopping them to, to do it. Um, international waters. Just, okay, let me ask you this. Hold on, hold on, because I thought international waters meant that it's a. And I'm gonna. I, I don't know the correct term to this. This would that would be a federal offense against the world. There's some sort of companies that they would have to fight on that. Is not is that not correct? The way I always understand it, there's an international, uh, like an international governing body, kind of like uh, like NATO, that kind of regulates that sort of stuff. So. But there's laws. There's law. There's still laws. You know, like if you go out into the middle of the ocean in international water and kill somebody, oh yeah, you can still get, you can still be charged for murder. But it's a little bit harder because what country's going to do? Who? Dolphin? What's the police coming get But the whole thing of it is, is they probably could do it because. Because as of yet, they've not found any human remains. Well, if it's international waters, I mean, the ones fighting over it in court, if they get told that they can't dig there, they're only screwing themselves. I mean, there's the law. I, I'm not sure what the law is, but like you said, you can get away with more in international waters. They should have just gone, got it, museumed it, and said, look what we did. I mean, wouldn't there be far there's less? There's got to be somebody that, that caught them before. There's got to be somebody that caught that before it was happening, though. Because I think when you're doing wreckage, I think you have to go through certain. Uh, I think it's like any type of uh, agricultural dig. You have to go through certain paperwork before you can start digging in certain areas. Yeah, right. If it's you uh, do. part of a specific country, but if it's part of 
uh, like, you know, like I said, international waters, where there is kind of a governing body, but there isn't, then, I mean, I, I didn't think the permits and all that everything had to go along with that. You just went and did it. And the whole thing of it is, is what, I, what they're, what they're complaining about. What they're complaining about is, is the there's a company, there there is a company that owns the salvage rights to the Titanic because they found it. Okay, so they have the salvage rights. So technically speaking, they can go in there and they can take that radio out of there. But they're trying to block them from doing it because there might still be bodies in there, which. Truthfully, I highly doubt there is myself because they've never found any, and they've been going down for 35 years pulling pieces out. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, I don't know. I, I think they should do it. I personally, I don't think they should because of the I fact that because of the fact that they do it, you don't. It's been a hundred years. It's a hundred, a hundred and what eight years now. And that radio's been in salt water. Now, granted, it's staying preserved, kind of, sort of, in there. But why? Why bring it out? I understand because you know, pretty soon everything's going to be gone anyway. Okay, uh, let me let me point it to you this way. Okay, this will show you how awesome science is right now. And I say this out of respect, and this is from probably close to twenty years ago. So. Uh, the Missouri River used to run through uh, a different part of Kansas and Missouri. Yep. And 150 or 60 years ago, it dried up and switched switched directions and is now farmland. Well, just before that happened, uh, probably about 10 years, 20, I don't know exactly all that, uh, there was a boat that uh, wrecked and sank to the bottom of that river. Um, about 40 years ago, they went to that farmland, dug it up, and they've been saving stuff from it left and right. There's actually a museum. I cannot think what the name of the boat is. Uh, it's amazing. A little museum in downtown KC, down off of the river market. So to tell you how amazing, they actually show you the difference to show you what they can actually do. They pulled out uh, and this is me expressing how they can probably save that radio, not knowing the details, but how great science is right now and how amazing these people are. So they pulled out two rolling pins from the kitchen. One, they preserved. They did what they have to to fix it. The other one, they did not. Okay? The one they did not, and these were basic rolling pins from the early 1800s to, show, to tell you what they look like. They look just like the rolling pins we used as kids without the extra handle on the end. They were probably a third again as long, the same same width. Some of them were smaller, but the two they had were roughly not quite as big as a baseball bat, the end of a baseball bat. But the first one they didn't preserve, and it was almost as flat as a pancake, and it looked like if you picked it up, it would just flop around like a wet noodle. The other one with the science and pardon my ridiculous simplicity of using this expression. I will. They. I will be right back, Rick. I will be right back. I've, I've got to go take okay. it out again. But when I come okay. back, I found some stuff for you. 
Okay, so they, uh, but they have preserved this other one, and it looks like you had just pulled it off the shelf. That's why I think they should they should pull it out because we have the technology and the ability to save it and preserve it so people can see this that was on that Titanic that they used to do that SOS distress call. Well, and you know, I, I've got to say, I, I am a sucker for history. I love museums. I, family and I have taken that Titanic tour in Branson like three times. Right. And to actually see something like that in there the next time we go would actually be really cool. So, and, and yeah, and that's what I think because, I mean, you're going, man, that's, that is a hundred and, you know, it'd be two years. It's 110 years old. It's 120 years old, depending on by the time it gets there. And yeah, and it's how, been at the bottom of the ocean for... Be? Yeah, 100 plus years. Yeah, to actually have I, I, that kind of a piece of history in a museum would be amazing. And, you know, like I said, I, I am a sucker for that kind of thing. Ah, gotcha, nerd. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, memorial or not, you know, that I, I hate to say it, I'd go all young Indiana Jones, but it belongs in a museum. Yeah, exactly. Of course, so, just, of course, so do well, I, but I I know Chad said, you know, leave it, you know, da 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 but man, what what are we doing with all the other stuff? We still pull out yeah. Egyptian sarcophaguses, we pull out their remains. You know, and, and ink and different. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, it's a big debate. I think they should do it. Uh, now I want to switch gears uh, since we have you on here. Back to your your horror, your horror guy when it comes to movies. Oh yes. Last week, My Guru Craig and I were right. Guru, correct. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that with a straight face. So Craig and I were talking <laughs> last week uh, about with all the COVID bullshit, how much we haven't got to see a lot of the movies we want to. Some stuff's come out, some stuff's been pushed back. Um, the one that I'm actually super excited to see, it's not a horror, it'll be sci-fi. I haven't even played the game, but uh, it looks really kick-ass. I've only seen two previews, but the posters themselves intrigue me. It's Monster Hunter. Uh, again, it's Mila Jankovic, or however you say her name. Super yeah, excited. Yeah, and... It, it, it's uh, it's also uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who, you know, I think it's her husband, but he's the writing, directing force behind uh, all the Resident Evil movies, which also starred her. And this is basically just, to me, as, you know, I've never played the game either, but it's Resident Evil with monsters, uh, as far as I'm concerned. That, that dude scared the hell out of me with Event Horizon back in the late 90s. I think that's... That was an uh, amazing and I, I, movie. I, and I, I, remember I talked about this on another podcast not too long ago, about, and we all agree just how it, it's a just straight-up, balls-out horror movie in space. The only science fiction yeah. part of it really is, is the space and, and the holding of time, you know, for, like, warp. But the rest of it is just a straight-up horror movie. And right, it's right. one of the last, one of the last things twenty some years ago that I can actually say gave me chills. But that being said, 
I am a sucker for all the cheese that he does too. The Resident Evil movies, all six or seven of them, guilty pleasures here, you know, in the entire house. And so I will definitely, first chance I get, whether it's an open theater or on demand, I will see it as soon as I can. Right on. Um, so my big question for you tonight, and I know they keep pushing all sorts of stuff back and forward and random. Um, they have last I looked. <clears throat> they have two Halloween movies coming out at the same time. Uh-huh. Why? What is going on with that? Why do they have two Halloween Wait. movies coming out? Wait, you mean two Halloween? Yeah. Like Michael Myers yes, Halloween? Like the, yes, like Michael Myers Halloween. There's two coming out at once, the last I saw. Okay. Um, the one that they showed a teaser trailer for about six or eight weeks ago, uh, is called Halloween Kills, I believe. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't want to be an, a complete total idiot. Dude. I know I was looking at it. I know I wanted to see it, but I can't remember the exact uh, title. Let me see. I don't know because I uh, I am not. You can bust my balls for it later. I am not a Halloween fan. Like I oh. get it. The story is entertaining. I've watched a couple of them. Sometimes I'm like, hey, this is really cool. And other times I'm like going, dude, just run faster and don't trip. Don't okay. Run. But that's um, me watching 80 films going, you guys are idiots. Get up and run. Stop running towards the, the shelf full well, of adults to hide behind. As, as you know, though, the first Halloween back in 1978 was the first straight-up horror movie, R-rated horror movie that I saw in theaters. Because right. my next door neighbor right. snuck me in to see it, and that got me hooked on horror movies. And especially, I wouldn't say Michael's my favorite. I mean, he's definitely my top five. But well, and Halloween two, Halloween two is a decent he movie. Holds, he probably holds a special yeah. place in your heart. And if that's the he does. Movie, he does just because that. of that. But when uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Danny McBride, of all people. Uh, more known for comedies than anything else. And uh, David Gordon Green, I believe his name was, a couple of years ago uh, made a direct sequel to that that took just took everything from Halloween 2 all the way up through Buster Rhymes kickboxing Michael Myers and Resurrection and all of that, the two Rob Zombie remakes. None of that shit existed. They made, and they called it Halloween as well, it was a direct sequel to the 1978 movie. They even brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, which she'd been brought back several times before, but this was the only time they were counting that continuity was Halloween then, and then 40 years later in 2018's Halloween. Now, we were really? supposed to get a direct sequel to that that picks up right after that movie ends, and I think it was supposed to come out last Friday. But because of all the COVID and everything else, and theaters being closed or limited opening, they didn't want to ruin the experience, so they pushed it back. We're now not going to get to see that until, I think, October 15th or something next year. Okay, but maybe it is that's in the why I'd see it. Because yeah, that's they, probably uh, why. There's, there's another one coming out. I think it's a different company, and I'm imagining that's probably what I saw that was two of the same movie coming out. Well, there is they they planned a uh, um, a trilogy, 
actually, well, since the first one was, I don't know if they had actually planned a trilogy, but since the first one was such a success, they planned out a trilogy after that. And if I remember right, the third one is supposed to also just keep continuing that same night, and it'll be called Halloween Ends. Okay. And these three movies are all direct sequels to the original 78 film. But, yeah, I I could not wait. I was looking so much forward to that and then with the shutdown and everything. And it's a, it's a smart move. I mean, who doesn't want to see something like that on the big screen? Yeah, it's well, my biggest TV is 40 the, inches. It's not the same. Well, the other thing is, is in the, the Halloween ends part, um, we thought everyone ended. It's just a matter of it's a horror flick. You know, how does it? How does it change to come back out again? Yeah, this isn't something to do with, like, a company going bankrupt or reshoots or something like that. It usually plagues a film that you're looking forward to. This was just straight-up virus, and they wanted to be released in October in theaters. So, And, you know, that's, that's the way they did it. Just like back in the day, right in the 13th movies, they were released at odd times of the year, but they were always released on a Friday the 13th. Right. Sometimes you get right. one in. Sometimes you get one in March. Sometimes you'd actually get one in October. A lot of times it'd be January. I mean, you just couldn't tell, but it was always on the 13th. Gotcha. And I'm I'm but, looking at something now. I realize that yes, the one that you were just speaking of for those who are listening, he is saying that the one that is Halloween Kills was also written by. Danny McBride and uh, right. what was the other guy you said Green which is uh, something David from... something Green yeah yeah which, I am, and we I am very much Danny looking forward to it that also Do, uh, entertains me as, as we talk about Danny McBride being writing horror flicks now as everybody knows him for uh, his comedy I laugh because uh, and you would know more about this than I would of course but uh, how much Peel from Keenan and Peel, and I may be saying the Keenan wrong. Um, he has wrote and directed so many horror flicks in the last ten years. It is not even Jordan funny. Peel. He has Jordan put out Peele, some amazing yeah. movies. Yeah, um, and I, I still love. Really... Go ahead. I was just going to say I, I still love you know Keegan Michael Key and all the comedy that he's doing, all the movies that he's in. But Jordan Peel has completely turned the tables. I think, what was the what was the one? I, I know which one you're thinking of. What was it called? Us? Us. Us was the one that really stuck out, stuck out in, in everything I've watched. Um, it was completely different. Uh, I was super, super duper happy with it. Made just, made my day. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Allie came home from a friend's uh, a year or so ago. And she's like, have you seen this movie where we're on a beach and, and, it, and it just happened? And, it, and I'm like, yeah, I just watched that like a few nights ago. She's like, I just watched it last night. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, – I don't find a lot of horror flicks that really intrigue me nowadays. Um, laugh at me all you want. When Saw first came out, I really loved it because it was gory, and then it got boring quick. Well, they started um, tripping over their own movies. mythology after the first one. And yeah, well, that, the I blame the writers. After, after two, they had different writers for almost every movie was the problem. Because well, they, they brought in uh, the, the guys from the Feast movies, Patrick 
Dempsey, not Patrick Dempsey, uh, Marcus Dunstan, some, they're a team of writers. And so I think from like four through seven, they were just like churning them out. And I saw a few, I'm like, okay, this is, it, it, it's kind of how I felt about Lost as far as, you know, the seasons went forward. They started tripping over their own mythology and I just stopped watching. Gotcha. And so I, I don't know how Saw. I mean, I know how Saw should have ended because I've watched the first three and I love the first three. But now, have you seen the new one, which wasn't the one I thought it was? Um, last year, they put it out to DVD called Jigsaw, which I thought was supposed to have Chris Rock and I believe Samuel L. Jackson. A lot of uh, thoughts. Oh, I screwed up now. So I saw these Jigsaw. previews. I was like, oh, hey, uh, Jigsaw. And it says from the creators of Saw. And it's it was supposed to be uh, a mixture of, it was supposed to be throughout the timeline of Jigsaw. None of the other characters were the same except for his, the, what's his face, his voice. Uh-huh. And, um, but I saw previews with Chris Rock. I can you still got one. Oh, it's called Spiral. Pardon me, was these one what this one was called. Um, uh, so look up Spiral, watch the preview. Well worth it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's basically Saw Nine. But I thought Jigsaw <laughs> was the one that was supposed to be Spiral. So Jigsaw is the eighth one. Jigsaw is the eighth one. Okay, that, that came out a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, it came out last year. Um, it is well worth it. Uh, it had the suspense and the twisting that the first and the second one did. And I won't ruin yeah. it for anybody that hasn't listened, that hasn't watched it, because I'm pretty good about figuring out movies like that. And three different times, I'm like, no, it's this. No, it's that. No, it's this. My kid was watching it with me, and she loves these movies. And we both <laughs> went, holy fuck. When we got to the end of it, because it completely threw off both of us. Like, we did not see the ending coming. Well worth seeing. Jigsaw is? Jigsaw, definitely. I'll be damned. I was very happy with it. And Spiral, from what I was just looking at, was supposed to come out this year. Yeah, Um, it's been moved to next May. Okay, Darren Lynn Bowsman directed it. Darren Lynn Bowsman has been involved with the Saw franchise for quite a bit. Uh, I think he directed okay. my favorite one, which was part two and part three. But yeah, apparently the ninth installment in the Saw series has Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and, and see, I thought it was crazy when I found Spiral and or Jigsaw thought it was Spiral, not knowing, and watched it, and I was still happy with it. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, yeah, I want to see Chris Rock in a Jigsaw movie. That's going to be great. In a Saw, uh, movie. it would be kind of. Yeah, I mean, I Ed, when you first said that, I kind of balked at it, but then again, I mean, he was in a Lethal Weapon movie, so I mean, what's, what's the difference, really? Well, he's no Joe Pesci, but I think we can make it work. Yeah, he is no Joe Pesci, but fortunately, Jim Brewer is. But no, thank thank you very much, because I had I had no idea about Spiral. I had I gave up on the Saw franchise years ago. Uh, I so. I still give them a look when they come in because I'm not going to lie. 
I love the gore. And when I say gore, again, I'll refer to the Halloween movies. I don't think they're really that crazy. I like the grotesque. I want to see the craziness. Um, when Hostel come out, I was very uh, upset. So you're probably an Eli Ross fan, aren't you? No, I'm not. My problem was was there was it was an hour and forty five minute movie, give or take. There was fucking yeah. forty five minutes of softcore porn at the beginning, which I don't want to watch. But I want to watch porn just to pull it up. I want to see blood and yeah. guts. Okay. So when you got through all that bullshit, I was so but like a little kid, I was ecstatic when they heated her eyeball up and it melted and the dude that was saving her had to cut her eyeball so it wasn't flopping around and pussing everywhere. But that was <laughs> amazing to me. And and I was so irritated with the first forty five minutes of it, I didn't even watch the second one. See, I like I actually the second one had a real like Countess Bathory uh moment in it that I thought was really cool, but the rest of it was just the same shit. It was and I okay. Maybe I'm one of those horror prudes, I don't know. But outright gore for the sake of gore's sake, like uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis did back in the 60s and 70s, and Eli Roth tried to bring back, and, and they dubbed it torture porn, which is one of the stupidest labels I, I think I've seen come down the pike in decades. But if it serves the story, if it's part of the story, if it moves the story along, then great. I'm all for it. The more inventive they get, the better. The better the effects are, the happier I am. But if it's just there for Gore's sake, like Hostel, which was just, I mean, honestly, it was just a, it was a nasty movie. There, there was no, there was no real, I don't know, there was a story, but it was limp. And I think there were just lines of dialogue to get to the next kill scene that he tried to outdo every time. And I was not an Eli Roth fan at all until 2015. 2015, he redeemed himself. Uh, Well, this this probably has to do with my twin brother, Keanu Reeves, uh, who started him. But look, look this movie up. It's called Knock Knock. And when I was reviewing for, I think it was Horror News, uh, dot net that year I did a best of and that one was near the top of my list uh, it, it was a it was a remake of oh god was 1977 or 78 something like that movie called Death Game uh, and it's, okay. it's basically a psychological thriller um, I mean there's this married dude uh, yeah he uh, He's home alone. He answers the door during a thunderstorm. Two gorgeous women uh, are there. You know, oh, my car broke down, blah, 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 you know. And then uh, they wind up spending the night with him and doing various things, but they have their own little agenda. And and it unfolds more gruesomely than you would expect. It, it's But it's very well done. I was honestly shocked that it was Eli Roth. And he did, that he did it so well. Uh, right on. But that's that's like the one time since Cabin Fever that I've said, okay, I like one of your movies. Gotcha. I am back. Not something to watch with the kids, but it's a great movie. Welcome back, Chad. Right on. I, I just, it, it's hard for me to find something that is gory like that. That it's just different. Again, Saw movies got out of, out of hand, ridiculous. I want 
I, oddly enough, I love the Child's Play movies. Yeah. But I won't watch the new one. Definitely not going to happen. Well, if you want, if you love the four, I mean, before he became Mr. Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, Peter Jackson made some of the goriest, most awesome movies down in New Zealand uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, there was Bad Taste, uh, Dead Alive, which I think was called, it either had the most kills or was considered the goriest movie of the time. Uh, and also he made The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Oh, wow. He just went old school on 1992. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, those are really good. Or gore and comedy, uh, like uh, the Feast movies. I still get a kick out of those. There's really no redeeming quality to them whatsoever, but they're just they're, they're just awesome to get back and just watch the carnage. Now, in the opposite direction of that, one of the funniest, the funniest hacker slasher films I've ever seen. If you have not watched this, anybody listening, you have to watch this. Out of the greatness of it, it is called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, Hell yes. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Alan Tudyuk, and I always murder his last name. Uh, I love him. He's actually got a new series coming out next month or the month after, I believe. Uh, uh, but, uh, I love him. What? Yes, yes, that is, and it looks hilarious. Uh, but you can Tucker and Dale was not the name. Let's interrupt you, but on that. On that thought, real quick, you can YouTube the first seven minutes of that uh, premiere episode. Uh, oh, really? From like a New York Comic Con, and it sets up the whole story. I watched it this morning. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait for January. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch oh. it. He is. I have loved him since the first time I saw him, and that was in <laughs> Laugh It Up. But go ahead now, because you know, uh, make your both of you take your shots. My love for musicals. Um, when I saw him in a night tale, and he was the squire with an anger problem, and oh yeah, no, I've I like seen him. Tale. Yeah, I like that show too. I, I like that. I actually like it now. It took me twenty years, but I appreciate it now. And you can thank yourself for that. Time. Well, and yeah. it's because I forced down your throat the last five years. Well, and you you love the dude so much. That's why I keep saying you've got to watch season one of Doom Patrol. Not only is it a genius comic book adaptation, probably the best ever put to series, but his Mr. Nobody is gut-wrenching hilarious. Right on. And he's the big bad of the first season, and he's just so amazing. Plus, you know, Curtis Armstrong from Revenge of the Nerds as as a talking cockroach, Ezekiel. So, what could go wrong? Curtis Armstrong. Was that the the lead nerd? Uh, That was uh, Booger. Oh, booger. Okay, booger, booger. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Um, I don't even remember what I was leading to at this point. Um, uh, now that Chad's back, I want to jump, want to jump ship and talk about something else again. Um, this has been the news lately, and there's people that are trying to get her out of this. Uh, a lady named Lisa Montgomery. Um, do you guys know the story of Lisa Montgomery? 
why is it so I've familiar? Heard, I've heard that name before. Okay, so Lisa Montgomery, I want to say 16 or 18 years ago, uh, she's been convicted of this and has been on death row for a while. She's sentenced to death at this point, and some people are fighting it. Um, about 16, 18 years ago, she uh, murdered a woman who was pregnant. Right. Extracted the fetus from her and kidnapped the baby. And then yes. strangled, okay. uh, she strangled the woman to kill her. But um, the, the child lived. Uh, the father has it now. But um, some people are trying to defend her and say that she shouldn't be put to death. And that's what they're fighting about now. Um, but the, the weird part about the story was, and I don't know all the details from it because I barely remember this when this happened. I was 24, 22 when this happened, so I was in my own little world of other things. But she she had four kids already. And and don't get me wrong, I know people make mistakes, and this is a weird one to cover, yes or no, but the whole time she was in jail, um, her children still come to see her where she's at now. And I'm not saying that she's not but I don't believe that they should revert that call and no it's not my my say for that either but for the people that are fighting this to to murder a woman and extract the baby from you and and I'm saying extract nicely because I'm sure it wasn't that simple and take off that baby yeah when you recover I didn't know what she was removing that poor child yeah, and this, I mean, my God, this case is, and another thing you think, Rochelle, for and all her true crime uh, shit, that this is actually, you know, familiar to me. Um, she's actually born somewhere around here, Mulvane, Mel, Melbourne, something like that, uh, in gotcha. Kansas. Yeah. But this, I mean, this case is, like, almost 20 years old. She's been on death row for, like, 15 or 16 of that, I think, maybe less, but... I think it's a little less because I think I read I think I read somewhere the other day that the the baby that it was would be sixteen or seventeen at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It it, took, it was two thousand four then. I remember. Yeah, but she was sentenced. She was sentenced to death a few years after that. So, but I mean, come on. She's been on death row for over a decade. And that's what well, I and, so, and, and, and well, 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 what you don't what you forget though sometimes to carry those sentences out, it can take a decade or more just because of the whole appeal process. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean yeah. you're put on death row, and you could die on death row before you ever get executed. It is what frustrates me. Like everybody, you know, you're for the death penalty, you're against the death penalty, which whichever your stance is. If you don't use it, what good is it? And I mean, this, well, this woman, in it, that it's breath, not like in that huh? breath, they uh, there's a lot, uh, and it's not just appeals. There's other stuff they have to go through because in the morality of the death penalty, um, and don't call me soft because I'll punch you. Um, they have to make sure that everything is correct in this. 
of course you have to go through all the the regular stuff and then you kick in the the appeals of the death penalty you get uh, after because that means sentencing can still be going on while they're appealing the other stuff. So then you fight that and it turns both of those over. But some of that comes oh, no, down no, no, to no. that they no. have to make sure. Once 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 it's sentenced for a death penalty, that's that's a done deal. Then they have they have to go through that appeal process and they can take it on up. They can take that appeal. From okay, so let's just say it's a state court that does it, right? They can go to the state court, then they can go to a federal appeals court. They can go. I'm not saying that it doesn't. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, even after she's been sentenced to death, they they always find small loopholes of other things that they still appeal, so that slows that stuff down. Oh, yeah. She was convicted. If she was convicted for murder and then they throw all these other things in there, say if it was there was two or three things that happened, they can appeal the other things while that's going on and those other appeals. So you're de- what I'm saying is you're dealing with appeals of the death sentence and then you're dealing with appeals of other parts of the sentencing or charges that have been applied. Yeah, but even that is so flawed. Yeah, well, no, actually, yeah. no, that's where the system's not flawed because – Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? Let's say this gal Sarah, she goes out killed. Well, who's to say that me and this girl Sarah just had sex the night before? She gets killed. Well, my DNA is inside of her. Boom! There's me. They're gonna accuse me of it. I could get convicted and sent sitting to jail on just my DNA being in there, and no, with no Correct. physical evidence other than my DNA. And it could all be circumstantial. I can go to jail, and I'm done. If if it was like the next day I got executed, I'd be dead for no reason, and come to find out I didn't. Well, there's correct. another reason. There's another place where the system's flawed. It's it's more circumstantial than anything else, and that's how a lot of. These, but this case, I, from what I can remember and what I saw, it's anything but circumstantial. Well, no, it it, it wasn't. But I mean. I'm just saying what some people, and including yourself, would call a flaw in the system, it's their name. Well, it's supposed to be there to protect the innocent people from getting railroad or imprisoned unfairly, even though there's probably a few thousand people in jail right now that were imprisoned unfairly or incorrectly because of the system. Well, that's true. Uh, but... I mean, the system is flawed all over there because I don't know. For some reason, I know that New York is, and I don't know why. I don't know if Kansas is or not, but New York is one of those states where it is completely legal for a law enforcement, in, uh, we'll just call them the law, you know, a policeman, uh, to straight up lie to you, get a confession out of you, whether it's true or not. They lie and say anything they can to force it out of you. Oh, or I guess they call it coercing. Yeah, but, that's, that's everywhere. Yeah. They're, they're actually not really lying. They're withholding truth. And they're just, they're they're withholding the truth. And they're actually, we'll say like, let's say like you, me, and Rick, we went out and we, uh, we killed Bobby Joe, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have proof of it. They're pretty sure that we did it. One of us did it, and let's say it was Rick. 
Well, they'll say that uh, they'll say they'll tell Rick that if he doesn't confess, that I've already confessed that he did it, just to get him to do it. Even though I didn't do it, Rick doesn't know it. All Rick's thinking is, "Motherfucker, well, I might as well confess." Right. Well, and they're you know they're telling him that you said he did it. You know, at the same time, they have him in a different room doing the same thing, and I I saw this. It's a wonderful euphemism you use, by the way, withholding the truth as opposed to straight out lying. Uh, I don't know why I remember this, but there was a case. (laughs) Sorry. Where um, I forget how it it actually uh, happened. This couple walked out of a bar. They had just met uh, three friends and this girl that they just met. Uh, The guy's two friends took off. Uh, they closed the bar down, you know, walked down to the end of the corner, kissed, and she went one way, he went the other. Well, she wound up raped and murdered a few blocks away, and they caught this guy because he was the last one they saw him with. He was railroaded into confessing for a murder that he, and a rape that he didn't do because the cop, the arresting officers lied, and he scribbled... This, in interrogation, before he went in, he scribbled uh, the guy's name on a piece of paper, and he said, "Well, she was still alive. She was at the hospital." And here, you know, here you go. This this was the name she wrote down when she said, "Who did this to you?" And he was like, "Well, I just I thought I just went home and passed out. Maybe I did do it." And he wound up being on trial for that because they were okay, too lazy. I'm- Hmm? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I just say they were too lazy to see it through. They just wanted a quick conviction. They got the first suspect. They railroaded him into a confession, and you know, boom. He wanted well, to railroad part of another perfect example of the railroad part, and and whether you want to call it a flaw or the railroading. Uh, if you don't know the West Memphis Three, mm-hmm. uh, the murders of '93, three boys were convicted in '94, and this is late '93 when it happened, early '94 when they convicted. Probably one of the fastest trials ever to go through, yes. murdering a uh, few young women, um, and these boys were busted and thrown in jail immediately. And what it was is they were they were a little bit of troublemakers, not horrible in the town, and they were uh, one was sentenced to death, and the other two were sentenced to like twenty two. One was life imprisonment plus twenty years, and I think the other one was just life. But they mm-hmm. were literally just railroaded, and and they they on the books they have said it was probably the fastest trial ever, and then in '07. Because of here's my geek again, science. They found evidence uh, that these boys were not the murderers. Um, they had found mm-hmm. out it was somebody else in town. I don't know all the details of that part. We won't go into it. I'm just using it for example. But it's the idea of the railroad too quick. This is the point why people are allowed to appeal because things like this happen. These guys spit. It was, it's, even though the evidence wasn't found until 07, they were uh, it, the rest of this 
appeal wasn't done until 2010. These boys spent eight years of their life still for something. Different. Yeah, but the the thing of it is, though, I mean, everybody knew they were railroaded. I mean, celebrities and, and musicians and everybody else were coming to their aid, holding fundraisers and everything well, else. I mean, right, right, right. Lisa right. Montgomery, it was Lisa Montgomery. You know what she did. Well, the whole now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't those guys black? No, all three white. They were all yeah, three they white. Were white. Yeah, all uh, three white. One. Were all three white? I thought one was like uh, yeah. uh, um, Latino or were, something. Uh, well, and that might be. I think he is because uh, I think two were fifteen and one was sixteen. Um, yeah, I mean, they were their names like, were their names were Damian Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin. Um, one of them looks like he's a little Latino, but basically they might as well be three white. So they were they were the. The, the troublemakers of the town. Well, yeah, you can barely much. call them. Hell. You can barely even call them hellraisers. I mean, they they, had they were just done. They were teenagers, you basically. You know? Yeah, they were teenagers. They had they weren't like bad kids. They made a few mistakes, like every teenager. But no, they weren't. Uh, yeah, I I I take that back. No, they weren't troublemakers of the town. They got in trouble here and there, but nothing like what kind of what you were implying on that one, Chad. Okay. Yeah, I mean they weren't like drug dealers or or bullies or no, anything no. like that. They were just, you know, kind of out there having fun. And and I well, was trying to bring that up. Yeah, correct. I was just using that for the example of the the railroading part. Yeah. I I think they should. I don't think they should let her go. In my opinion. I mean, no, I'm, Lisa? She, she premeditated killing this woman. She thought of the best. She she killed her the best way to kill her without damaging the fetus. And then she had to have the knowledge, whether she looked it up or did whatever, go in there to cut her open, to remove the intestines, remove that muscle, to remove the intestines, to get the sac cut the sack open without hurting the baby and to get the umbilical cord and everything cut. He planned that out and she deserves to die. Yeah. Premeditated. And I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's just, I mean, that's how I feel about that. And I'm not necessarily a proponent for the death penalty, but in a case like that, yeah, she deserves it. Okay, yeah. let me ask you this then. Um, uh, Robert Courtney, who is actually a local man, I think he was, uh, I think he worked out of Liberty. Don't hold me to that. Um, but he was a pharmacist, and this was about twenty years ago. Um, he was basically diluting the chemo medicine that he was sending out. Um, basically, they don't have exact numbers, but at minimum, they're guessing uh, around 3,500 people died of their cancer because of him diluting their chemo Dead. medication. 
dead. Thank you. Um, I'd push now, the button myself to inject him. Um, okay, you want to know what's worse is he's not on death row. Uh, I don't know what his full sentence was, but with all the COVID going on about three months ago with the some of the ones they were letting out of jail due to COVID-related problems. They basically, mm-hmm. they were just the dumbest thing I ever heard. They're like, oh, well, we want to let them out because of COVID so they don't get it in jail. Like, well, if you're in jail, no offense, not the COVID part, but you kind of deserve to suffer anyway because you did. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and if you die, it's a plus. Who cares? They were talking about letting him go early and letting him stay with family in a small town outside of wherever he worked out. Oh my god, that's right. I remember that now. Because I threw oh. a huge fucking fit about that. A lot of people threw a fit about like enough people that, like they weren't even they weren't even letting the people's families know that this was gonna happen. I guess it hit the news and thousands of people because I think he's in Colorado State Prison for some reason. But uh, made a huge bit about how they did not see this happening, and they were upset that nobody was notified because they were basically gonna only gonna have him under house arrest for a year, yep. and then he was gonna be able to get back out in public, yep, and get jobs and do shit. And they're like, no, that's not cool, not cool at all. And enough people were upset about this that they were like, yeah, you're gonna have to stay here. So like, and I'm with no, you, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. I if they'd have let him ass out, he'd have been he'd have been dead. He'd have been dead. Oh yeah, I, I, I promise you that. And I and I promise yeah, I, I'm with you. I would. I promise you, I would push. I would push the button. Shit, I'd pick up the phone if they had a phone system to do it that way. I would be the one begging to make sure the bullet was in my gun if it was my firing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Or better yet, better yet, skip all that. I would say hang him by his neck until he's dead, dead, dead. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I just thought of something. Is uh, Well, I'm used to bouncing back and forth between topics with both of you guys. Uh, but uh, talk about Lisa Montgomery. I, I knew it, it, it was striking a chord with me. Uh, there is a movie that came out around that, and since we're in October, it's perfectly, uh, you know, legitimate to discuss this. Uh, there was a French film in 2007 called Inside, uh, and it this was a few years after that whole Lisa Montgomery story, but the French did it first, and it's about a home invasion of a young pregnant woman by a mysterious older woman who seeks to take her unborn baby. And it's like you know, a cat and mouse game inside the house. Yeah, and, yeah. And it is just fantastic. It's a slow burn, but it's very tense. And the last few minutes are very, very bloody. And I remember, it was it was one of my favorites for the longest time, and I'd forgotten about it until you brought her up. Look, I have to, I have to kind of, I'm staying along the same lines as far as the movies are concerned. But I kind of have to switch it from crime and killing to to something else. Rick, I don't know if you remember some years back. I tr- I tried to get you to watch this movie called District Thirteen. No, I don't remember that. It was a French film about this cop. Well, 
when it, it was it was a French film uh, in the future, not so like future future, but where Paris walled off all its bad areas, so all the slums and the slum and stuff and everything was walled off, and it was called District Thirteen, like this huge ass wall around it. Okay, uh, was Lord Fishburne in that? No, it was a French film. Totally 100% French. Okay. Um, Say again, Craig? Luke Besson, the guy from Taken and the Fifth Element, that was one of his babies, wasn't it? I believe so, if I remember correctly, yes. But they made a sequel. They made made two films. It was a really badass movie, a lot of action. You know how they do the street jumping and the jumping off of roofs and flipping through shit like that. There was a lot of that done in it with one of the one of the main characters. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I've seen both of them. Fucking loved them, okay? Come to find out, um, and I don't remember the name of the movie now right off the top of my head, um, but um, one of my favorite actors, he was one of my favorite actors from back in the day, Paul Walker. They did an American version of this movie, and Paul Walker was in it. I really? think I remember you talking about this. I think I started to watch it, and I never got through it. Not because I didn't, I wasn't entertained by it, but I think when it, when you were talking to me and getting me to watch it, a lot of the time I would crash watching TV, so I only caught like the first twenty minutes of it. I mean, it, it's not like it's the greatest fucking movie in the whole wide world. Either well, all didn't none they make of them a sequel like District Thirteen Ultimatum or something like that? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah I and think see, I and watched it, part it, of it. And it's not like they not like they were the greatest movies in the world. It was just action behind it. It was phenomenal. Yeah, because a lot of people were were comparing it to like the uh the Thai films of like Ong Bak and Ong Bak Two yes. and all that shit. Yes. Because it was so and, and what I remember of it, it it was more like the raid, if I remember it right, but maybe not. Mm, kinda. But I mean, I mean it, 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 was, it was just so much action. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, to me that's what like the raid. And people compared it to Escape from New York. I remember this, and I, I mean, maybe part of the concept, a tiny bit of it, but. I mean, no, it was it was just too ridiculously balled out for that. Yeah, but it was still, I mean, I, you know, and I don't, and I'm really particular about movies. So this one just, it was one of the first movies that I've watched in a long time that I sat there. I didn't have to get up to the bathroom. I didn't want nothing else to drink. I had it's a damn movie. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there out of the ignorance of me. Uh, so the, the movie that I asked if that's what it was was uh, Assault on Precinct 13 is what I was thinking of and that was a remake of an actual old John Carpenter film Yes, originally from like 76 or 74 Yep uh, and this, the new uh, yeah. one had uh, I think was it Bruce Willis? No that was 13 and, No it was, it was Fishburne it was Fishburne and Ethan Hawke Yep Ethan Hawke and Fishburne which is a phenomenal movie Ethan Hawke um, uh, sorry, like, let's go this way real quick, only because I'm highly entertained by it. 
they have a mini series coming out of John Brown that I'm absolutely excited to see. Only oh, because yeah. even in his maniacal ways, um, I I would never believe he was a martyr. Um, what he stood for was good, but his ways were horrible. Um, oh, he was an evil they're showing, and I don't know if they meant to, but all the previews I have seen for it just look hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that they're putting out a miniseries at this day and age, the way things are made. But I've watched a few interviews with Ethan Hawke, and they're just showing... They're showing the crazy but the light side of it. And I don't mean lighter by they're not wanting to show what he was. They're showing the light of it. So mm-hmm. they don't show the horror of it. But it it, it looks like it's going to be really good. I know. It does. Um, <clears throat> and We're it's, talking the John Brown, right? What's that? What? We're talking about the John Brown, right? Yes, yes, John Brown. Brown. Those who want to be famous for him. Yes. Abolitionist, John Brown. Abolitionist, yeah. And Ethan Hawke is playing him. Yes, and it it looks very funny, bro. And I, I, you know, to be quite honest, Craig, Craig, I'm going to be honest with you. I always knew about John Brown, but what Mm -hmm. they taught us cool and completely not. Not anywhere near quite accurate with some of the shit that man did. Well, and the oh, thing is, surprise. One, they can't tell you about the, the hardcore part. They were showing you the the good part of what he was standing for. What they didn't show you in school was the fact that he killed both his brothers in in bold point blank because they didn't agree with the way he felt about abolitionists and and. Uh, abolishing slavery, which one, that's fine, I get it, slavery was horrible, but two, and you can't just straight up murder people because they don't agree with you. Uh, and that exactly. stands them and that stands now. Now, that's the problem. Is, but it just, they showed, they didn't want you to see that he was a murderer in the aspect of for what he was trying to stand. He was, he was straight up, he was just that's all he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did the wrong thing for the right reasons. Well, correct. so did Billy the Kid. <laughs> well, Billy the Kid did it because he was in tough times. Um, Billy the Kid actually went out and did what he did because his mother actually died when he was 12. Because his mother and him had been running a hotel since he was seven. She got sick yeah. and died. He tried to run it for about a year by himself. But after that, with all the, the other cowboys and outlaws that would come through, he kind of got the way, of the, the way of the world. And not that he didn't already, probably being in that lifestyle, that was just the only thing he could do. Yeah. Not because he was, what, 15 when he died? He was. He didn't die. Okay, I think he was 16 when he died. Yeah. Yes, he did. He no, he did. no, he didn't die. He was 80 something when he died, Rick. He, yeah. he got killed in a gunfight. No, he didn't. Nah, no, he didn't. They never, they never, they never proved that they didn't have a body, so he didn't die. Yeah, Brushy Brushy Bill Roberts died around 1950 or so. 
See, I thought that what was that sheriff that chased him? Wasn't it like Pat Garrett or something? Pat yeah, Garrett, no. Yeah. His it was he was yeah, one of his best friends. Kill him. He didn't kill him. He didn't die. He didn't. No. They uh, they and they, I mean they've debated this and debated this years and years. But uh, even Pat Garrett said he he didn't know if he killed him or not because. It was a what was it a standoff at some little shed or sod house or something? Yeah, because he yeah. he escaped. Uh, I think he had chased him for about three or four months. They then caught him and put him in jail, but he had escaped jail like three four days before that, and they ambushed him again or something. Yeah, well, they were best friends at one time, but because they were because Pat was yeah. a part of his gang. If that was part of his gang, and yeah, that I did not know. Yeah, and and see, there was this dude. I forget. It was in the forties, or yeah, I think it was in the late forties. His name was Brushy Bill Roberts. He claimed to be William Henry or William H. Bonney. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he had the he had the scars. He had knowledge that only the real Billy the Kid would know, but. His claim was rejected by uh, whatever governor uh, it was at the time, and then he died like right after Christmas that year in mm-hmm. 1950, I think it was. Ooh. And I, st- I still believe that he really was really the kid. Oh yeah, so do I, 100 percent. So do you assume that in that gunfight where they thought they shot him down, it was his friend probably that had been running with him? Oh, I'm pretty sure they got everybody else, but I'm pretty sure he got away. Well, mm-hmm. I know they said that they thought they had killed him, but there was, as I'm looking at some other things, that they were saying that uh, they thought it was his friend who was basically the same stature but just a little older that might have been him instead. And just they and they just pulled it off and just said it was him just to be done with it. Right. Yeah, and I mean... I, my my history is rusty on that. It's been a while since I, I even thought about it now that I think about it. But uh, I, I know that when I was, as much as I love Young Guns and Young Guns 2, when I was watching those when I was in high school, I was like, no, 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 no. This is pretty, but this ain't how it happened. Is you know, a lot of Billy's gang didn't die like, I can't give. I can't say there's spoilers for a 30-year-old movie. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, like, like Chavez and, and Doc and all of them, they didn't die in that last stand. I mean, they went. They had gangs all through Arizona and Nevada, and they lived for years after that. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it, so it, it was Ooh, it God, was Hollywood. end up actually dying of tuberculosis or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, different gang. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you're thinking about uh you're thinking about a uh, uh, oh uh, stock holiday fighter dog. So it just jumped in my ear. Sorry. It's just because I love Val Kilmer and you have no taste. Not Val Kilmer. No, I mean not Val Kilmer. <laughs> not Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is a uh, solid actor. Hey, he is a bum diggity shit. Never Real mind Genius the is the greatest movie of all like time. That's right. In fact, in fact, you know what? If my ballot for uh, the president of the United States has been Val Kilmer. It's been mm-hmm. that game, Val Kilmer. That game, Val Kilmer. 
Yeah. Real Genius, you greatest movie ever made. Val Kilmer for president. You just, you're yeah. just mad, Rick. You're just mad because you ain't got luxurious hair like him. Okay, I don't give a damn about him. I'm just throwing this out there. If he gains any more weight, he could definitely play Jabba the Hutt in the next Star Wars movie. Gains any more weight, he's going to look just like me. Gains any more weight, he's going to look like me. As much as I would like to make a fat joke here, you're not that big. I'm telling you, if he just turns around and sticks his wiener around his asshole backwards, he will look like Jabba the Hutt. Okay, now you're giving him credit for having a big wiener, okay? Well, yeah, that's just which, the effect of it. At this, at this point, it would be the, the little part. They'd probably have to add something to it. See, that, was the true, that was the true secret in Top Secret was his big wiener. Okay, that was a great movie. Okay, that, yeah. I'll take over oh, yeah. any movie. That was the best movie ever. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, what was that? Uh, what? what? Top what was that? Secret, yeah, amazing I... movie. Top Secret, amazing movie, Top <laughs> And Val Kilmer is a god. I heard him say it. Val Kilmer is a god. No, no, that's Val Kilmer. He was great. Only wishes he could be as cool as Iceman. Okay, I don't think anybody wants to even think of Tom Cruise being cool, only because he's fucking insane at this point. But he still puts out really cool movies. And he's a what's what's that word? Um, dyslexic. They wouldn't be this good without Val Kilmer. You know that man's dyslexic, right? Tom Cruise is fat Val Kilmer. Cruise? I just like repetitively saying fat Val Kilmer. He's a god. He's wearing a fat suit like Thor, okay? Stop it. No, no, you don't do that for like nine years. We're not Marilyn Manson with boobs here, okay? (laughs) Just saying. It's his yeah, way of I getting exercise. Fat Val Kilmer to Marilyn Manson's boobs, okay? It's not happening. That's fucked, dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, Have you uh, touched Marilyn Manson's boobs lately? They feel uh, real. I think he had them removed, but his stomach caught up with the rest of everything because he looks like a yeah, they're, they're like They're probably bigger than his before. ex-wives now. I'm pretty sure Marilyn Manson and... Uh, Pat Melkiller could probably do sumo wrestling because they're both like massively overweight. Who's that? Who's that I, dude from uh, Guns N' Roses? Um, Axl Rose. Yeah. 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 Him and the Val Kilmer are about the same size. No, dude, they could all do like uh, sumo wrestling. I'm definitely sure they should do a three way match because at this point, Marilyn Manson without his mu- uh without his makeup on looks like fat version of Nicolas Cage with black hair. Oh my! <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of Nicholas Cage, yeah. Uh, if you if you have not heard of the new Predator ripoff movie called Jujitsu, yes, I've heard of it. Sorry, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, and really. yes, How, yeah. How's it a Predator ripoff? Just because it's aliens or something? Uh, it actually. <laughs> Moves with the the same, in, at least in the trailer that I saw, kind of has the same thermal uh, imaging and same kind of moves. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. Nick Cage, the, this is the most coked out, crazy, super cool I've seen him since the bees scene in the Wicker Man remake. So I am very much looking forward to this. I love oh coked out, crazy eyed Nick Cage. That was a horrible movie, bro. Both of them. Oh, I know. No, 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 no. 
It's very good movie. It was. It was a horrible movie, and Nick Cage has made a lot of good movies. He's made. But a it was a good movie, movie, though. It was a horrible uh, movie, but it was he, good. Speaking of he another made, horrible he, movie he made last I'm year, he with, made a movie called Predator. No, not yes. Predator. What was it called? Primal. It was called Primal. Yes. Where I just watched that. He. Oh my God! The special effects in that movie were horrible. I was actually colored out of space. Well, yeah, you are correct on that part, but it was still horrible. But not by much. I would rather, I would rather watch Critters 4 in Outer Space than watch the movie Primal again. I'm just throwing that out there. I would probably <laughs> rather watch... Well, I, I will say this. I, I would rather watch Ghoulies for like 24-7 for a week than I would to see Ghost Rider 2 again. I'd okay, rather watch Leprechaun 4. The first one. But as much as you love the cracked out cocaine Nick Cage, like it was, the second one was horrible. Yes, and it's uh, got to be bad yeah, because but, I know you're you're a Ghost Rider fan. I am, but that was a horrible fucking. I didn't like the first one either. And see, I like the best. They're supposed to be doing a a, a reboot of that. Uh, well, the best okay. Ghost Rider put on screen so far that I have seen has been on Agents of Shield in season four. And that oh, was the, the, uh, the Mexican Reyes dude. Reyes, yes. Yeah, Robbie Reyes, that that version of it, not Johnny Blaze, and he was really good. Johnny Blaze. And that that was a great arc for the series. That was a great and Ghost Rider. And you realize that? I don't know. Do you realize that Johnny Blaze, that's why the whole Reyes Ghost Rider? Because there was multiple Ghost Riders. Right. Yeah, just like there have been multiple Spider-Mans and yeah, I mean, there are several. Yeah, but the thing was because there was different universes out of different. You're looking at nope five different types of yes, yeah, because they were you had different storylines from different comics is what you had. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were female writers too. Yep. And see that I don't know. I didn't play it. I just you made the reference to. That it was because they had all sorts of different storylines, and Marvel was really good about that, though. Right, and I, I there was supposed to be a Ghost Rider series starting the same actor that did it in Agents of Shield, but it got canceled. They're actually still trying to work on that. That I hope but, so because I I just watched uh, ten episodes the first season of Hellstrom on Hulu earlier this week. And oh, yeah. I hadn't read the comics. I knew he was part of the darker side of it, like Moon Knight and Blade and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to it, especially with him being like son of Satan and all of that. And I got to say, through 10 hours of emoting and talking about feelings and a few good special effects, the best part of that series was in the last 90 seconds of the 10th episode. And we will probably never get to see where it goes after that because Kevin right. Feige took over, and it will never right. be part of the Marvel universe. Exactly. And it just leaves me, it just leaves me hanging. I'm like, damn it! Now it picks up and kicks in, and I really want to see what happens next. And I'll never get it. It won't be, it won't be the same. No, it's kind no, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like the new. The new Superman TV series is getting ready to come out. It, well, it's basically going to be a. 
Yeah. It's going to be that yeah. Superman. But I like that version of Superman. The, you know, Supergirl's cousin. I I like that actor. I like the job that he's done. But, I mean, I went through the adventures of Lois and Clark when I was, young, like, in college. And I it was cool then, but I don't know if I'm down, you know, if Lois and Clark together can make another great TV show. I don't but well, like this said, one's gonna like be based after his two kids. So, oh, yeah, there it's gonna be. Oh, it okay? So after the the crisis, this last uh, crossover, they did yeah. a whole reboot. He already had a son with Lois, but now because right. of this whole reboot, he has another son. Ah, so, okay. So he's got two sons. And well, who's the base one with? Okay. What's the other? Who's the other son with? Is my question. No, it's with Lois. It's still with Lois. Yeah, it's still with Lois okay. because because um when uh what's his face rebooted everything, brought all those heroes from the crossovers and brought all their stuff over to Prime Earth, the Prime, Prime Earth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it he changed something around, and so boom. But in but the crazy thing is, is that we've done it. They think first, and they're really not. Yeah, it was. Like, what? It was almost a. They think the multiverse ended. They think that the multiverse ended, and there's only one Earth now. But it's not. Yeah, it's kind but of it's like not, the multiverse yeah. version of Flashpoint. Kind of, yeah. I thought. It, but it I love the way they wrapped it up. Oh, yeah. And I still, hated to see Arrow go. That was my favorite. But. Well, that was the whole culmination of everything because the series was getting ready to end anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I mean. I hated to see that show end because it's the one that started it. It was still my favorite. Although Legends of Tomorrow... Has every season just stepped it up more and more? They're probably as far as DTTV goes. Mm. And you know, and just so that you know, even though I know, and Rick's going to balk at me because I know Rick does not like this particular hero. Because I'm, I'm, I like Marvel. I like uh, DC. I like them both. Okay. They're uh, fixing to have come out with a. a Green Lantern series on HBO Max. Yes, yes, and I'm fine with that. Uh, and it's supposed to be especially sometime next year after the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Yep, and they're going to be doing, and of course Diggle, they they're turning Diggle Green Lantern. Yeah, but are we ever going to see that? Yes. Other than the tease yeah. that we got. No, they're going to okay. they're going to show it. Even though okay, Rick good, had, because is like the, the that was, of all superheroes, he is a badass. Yeah, I mean that was if anyone in that entire bunch of series and that continuity deserved it, it was Diggle. I thought oh, yeah. for a second there, like, are you John Stewart? But no, he's not. Or is well, he? I it, don't know. So apparently, when they when they did it, there was. They, uh, because of the rights and everything, they could only show certain things, so. Well, and and I don't want to say that 
I think it's a bad idea. My thing was is I didn't really follow that enough. I know I make jokes about everything, but I didn't yeah. really follow it enough to know yes or no. I was highly entertained by the movie that was made in with Ryan Riddle. And that's just because <laughs> I thought it was hilarious and I know he hated it. Well, I love that you know, movie. Yeah, it, I don't know why everybody hated it so much, but because it was Ryan, I've, I've I've never really I'm not that in tune with Green Lantern as far as that one goes, but I have enjoyed the movie, and I think Diddle would be the perfect Lantern to take over like an HBO series. Well, but, and then well, the problem is see, I didn't read a whole lot of the comics problem is with Green Lantern, there's so many directions that you can go with Green Lantern because of the original origin story with Green Lantern isn't the original way that they depict like the Ryan Reynolds one. That was like a, uh-huh. the, that was like a Silver Age, I think, or a Golden Age. I can't remember, so I get them mixed up. But the original Green Lantern actually made his own lantern and crafted his own ring. Oh. And he was one of the, and he was one of the members of the uh, JLA, right? Or just JSA. Well, and, sorry. See, and see, I thought that that was just, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I thought that he was only part of that from the '70s stuff with Super Friends. I didn't think he was part of the JLA. No, he was. He was one of the founding members of. He was one of the original founding members of the Justice League. But before that, that, the the original concept of Green Lantern, he was a part of the Justice Society of America. This is pre-Superman, pre-Batman. You know, this was Starman and Dr. Midnight. Um, Yeah, Solomon Grundy. So Solomon Grundy was the other one. He was the anti-justice society. But oh, that's right. But, yeah. Yeah. Which I find funny right. because when when they did the whole move over to the Justice League, the other group, the the, the group that Lex Luthor was a part of, Solomon Grundy was a part of that group. Legion of Doom. That's right. Yes. Okay, wasn't uh, yeah, the JSA wasn't it? You said uh, Starman, didn't it also have like what was it, Our Man and Sandman yes. or something like that? Our Man because the he old... had the ass that for one hour a day you he'd have superhuman strength. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Hourglass. Okay. Yeah. Did oh wow. Sandman. Sandman. did say Sandman. Yeah. No, the Sandman. No, he said Sandman. Okay, I thought he said Van Man, like the dude just drove a van around town. Nothing major. Didn't really have any he real said, power. Hey, to oh, he listened, his only he, real he power was to get little girls to get inside of it. He, he listened yeah. to Rush and around in his van and lived in his mom's cottage. I forgot about your obsession with Rush. Yeah, you're cool. Yeah. And who was who was the the one? Uh, oh God, it's kind of like a female Black Panther. 
Wildcat. Wildcat, yep. Okay. That is going way back. I I think I strained a brain cell on that one. Well, that means you're done. I know, right? Yeah. The only thing you had left was that one brain cell. I don't know what you're going to do for work now. Oh, that's okay. I kind of sleepwalk my way through that. I'm just saying. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm learning Chinese in the process, so. Mandarin? Yeah. Ooh, Mandarin onions? I'm kind of hungry. I know, so am I. I'll have to give me some <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Lord. Some but Chinese popcorn balls. Mm. Also, I heard of hot balls. Fucking homo. Okay, before y'all get off, I have to say this because I had to go out and take that dog out, okay? Oh. So the the Titanic, I have to say this, the, the, the Titanic is lying two and a half miles, okay, below the ocean surface, okay? Uh-huh. The uh, Great Britain and the United States signed an agreement that the wreck will be treated with sensitivity and respect owed to the final resting place of more than 15,000 lives. The United Kingdom signed a treaty to protect the Titanic, which is about 370 or 400 miles, nautical miles, south of Newfoundland, Canada. They signed this in 2003. But that treaty is only coming into focus now because the U.S. didn't ratify it until the end of 2019. Oh. And, um, and that's, why, that's why they're going, that's why that whole court thing is going on, because of the way that the, the treaty was signed. Oh. Um, Here's a silly question. And, and they both, by ratifying you mean by signing it or agreeing to it. To it. Once the contract's made, if you don't sign it or agree to something after a certain time, then it have a. But it's not. A, no, not for that. No one void. No, it doesn't because it's not a legal contract as as it is a. Uh, what do you call it? It's like legislation. Legislation. Legis- yeah, legislation. Yeah, government stuff. Oh. And it don't have a. It, it doesn't have a. Uh, it doesn't have an expiration date, and they both both the U.S. both the U.S. and the United Kingdom um, passed that legislation, allowing them the power to grant or deny licenses, enter the hole of the wreckage, and remove artifacts, and remove artifacts found outside. So basically, both countries they said that you know no one can do it. But the problem of it is, is where they're trying to argue it is because it is in international water, and neither one of them should, neither one, of, neither country has jurisdiction over it. And that's where that whole big stink is coming over. Gotcha. Huh. gotcha. So I'm sorry. That's what I was going to tell you earlier, but I had to go outside, and I apologize. I know I had to bring it up because if I didn't bring it up, oh, it's going to bug me. And the wife your dog's ass. I get it. That's cool. All right, uh, another night. Craig, you probably know the answer to this because I think we've talked about it. Don't ruin it for Chad. 
Chad, I okay. will throw out one more hint on the costume that I am making for my son. Um, <laughs> we we actually spoke about it tonight, and you didn't even realize it. Oh, true story. True story. Well, I know it's not the fucking Titanic. Okay, so um, it's a Titanic costume. I just took a canoe and added a, a bigger hole to it. Bingo, <laughs> you got it. And then you, you cut the shit in half. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, my, my daughter will walk in one part, he'll walk in the back part. <laughs> it's Reeves. So it must be Val Kilmer. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I body my job as a Well, the one thing that I would be thinking of that would probably fit him the best, Chucky. Is what? Chucky. Chucky? Is that what she said? No. No, he's actually petrified of Chucky. For Tell real? You how bad he is petrified of Chucky. It's because of D, our, our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we dressed her up as Chucky last year, and we had to convince him that he was going trick or treating because he wasn't going to go because he was so fucking scared. Now, in that, in that wow. note, she is a terrifying little shit, but it only made yeah. it worse because it brought Chucky to life because he's caught a few parts of it when I've watched it with D. So, oh yeah, I'll let you think about it till next week and see if you can figure it out between now and then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to jump off here. You can do it. I will talk to you gentlemen later. He's going to spend 20 hours listening to this hour and a half podcast to see if he can figure it out. <laughs> well, hey, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. I I thought it was going to be like 15 minutes, but I've had a good time. Right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, I am out. I'm really an hour, so, I mean, I'm just saying. See, you let me talk. That's what happens. Well, that's what happens when you get three old fat guys that just want to bullshit about everything. Including Val Kilmer. Who is it? Correct. In, in, including fat Val Kilmer. <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. I'm going to get off of here. Good night. Right, have a good night. Buddy. You All too. Right, good night. All right, Chad. Uh, I will talk to you later this week. And right. let me know anything else you need. Um, I know the other day we talked. Did you do any small tidbits uh, during the week, like you were talking about the little fifteen-minute segment? I did not. I was not able to. Um, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna do a small. I'm gonna do a small one probably tomorrow night. Okay. Let me know what's going now. on. Uh, just let me know, um, and I will holler at you later then. And for everybody listening, thanks for listening to our bullshit. Have a good night. All right. Good night.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.